0: You're listening to Speech at Home, a podcast that offers tips and ideas for parents of children with speech and language disorders. I'm your host, Danica Federi, and I'm a speech and language pathologist. Hi, you're listening to another episode of Speech at Home, and in this episode, I wanted to bring on another guest. Her name is Sydney, and she's an occupational therapist, also known as an OT. Um, It's not uncommon for kids who are receiving speech services to also be receiving occupational therapy services, So I thought I would bring on an OT to tell you a little more about what you can do with your kid at home if your kid is receiving these OT services. So Sydney, thank you for coming on. Hi, thank you
1: so much for having me come on. It's definitely great. I love going on other people's
0: podcasts. (laughs) It's so fun. So just for the parents, because I know a lot of parents aren't really sure what OTs do or the areas that they focus on? Could you just give us a quick summary about some of the areas that you guys address? So, for
1: occupational therapy uh, geared towards pediatrics, we focus mainly on sensory issues. So, for instance, if our kiddos have issues with um, sound, we can help, you know, maybe provide some sort of like headphones to help with the um, sound issues or if they have issues with tactile sensation, so touch, things like that, we try to desensitize them and we can um, use different things to do that as well. We also focus on developmental delays with children. We focus on the developmental milestones, so if they're having issues crawling or walking or fine motor skills, so drawing, coloring, things like that, then we can help with those things as well. So that's kind of a little bit about OT and what
0: we do with children. Perfect. And what setting do you work in?
1: So I'm currently working with early intervention. So that's children under three. And I will soon be also working with school aged children.
0: Cool. Um, And then so what are you going to share with us in the podcast for this episode?
1: For this episode, I just wanted to share a few different activities that you can do with our sensory kiddos that I might be fun. Some of the activities I've never actually tried before, but I've heard a lot of really good things about them from my colleagues. So definitely something that I want to try. So for our sensory kiddos, a lot of them really like deep pressure. And by that, I mean, sometimes uh, when I was in the outpatient peds facility, we would call that like squeezes. So hugs, they like tight spaces, tight hugs, things like that. And it's just to regulate their body more so. You can also use weighted blankets to do this. That can help with sleeping at night. It can also just help them regulate their entire body by having that weight, that pressure on their body. Some other things that you can do to regulate children or to help them regulate. Swinging, but you have to make sure you're swinging in a linear, linear direction. You want to do something like back and forth or side to side, something like that. That's for calming help regulate their body sometimes calm music can also help children if they're having a hard time i've noticed during a couple of my teletherapy sessions i'll throw on a nursery rhyme twinkle twinkle little star and a kiddo calms down super quick so that can be nice and then heavy work was one more thing that i wanted to mention so by that i mean um if you have like weighted balls or things like that, anything really around the house, you can make it into a game. Have them pick up these things or push these things as, like as fast as they can. Things like that just to like regulate their body to get that energy out. You know, our sensory seekers are looking for something to do to right. regulate their bodies. Yeah. So, those would be things that I would say sensory-wise. And for attention, a lot of the children that I've worked with do really well with timers and not just timers that you would have on like an iPhone, but like visual timers. There's actually one that I found. It's free online. You can literally just look up like visual timer free or something like that. And it's yellow and it's really, really large. And I'll be like, okay, so when the yellow is all gone, we're all done with this activity. And it helps with their transitioning from different activities, it helps them attend to the task because they know that there's an end point. So for the kiddos that have a hard time, don't really want to sit still, knowing that when the yellow is all gone, they'll sometimes be more willing to do it. And then (laughs) the last thing I wanted to say um, was counting. I noticed a lot of my parents will count, and I didn't, this isn't something that I knew before, but when you start counting, they're like, one, two, three, four, five. The kids like all of a sudden just perk up and like stay in that. They need to move on to the next activity. Like mom's not playing, we really need to keep focusing and move on. So those are things that I've really found to be useful um, OT-wise for parents and for us as therapists to use
0: during the right. session. Yeah, so I do a lot of visual timers too. Um, I love the idea of the one on the computer with the yellow especially since we're doing a lot of teletherapy right now. I know the Dollar Tree also has like the sand ones that are fun for kids to look at. Yes. Um, But I also love the idea of counting and that's not something that I usually do, but I'll have to try that in my sessions because if you're saying it works well, then you know I'll have to give that a try. Exactly. And I also wanted to say that because you gave all these tips for sensory, uh, a lot of kids that I see when they come from OT, they are so much more calm and so much more attentive in my sessions. And it's also so nice, sometimes we'll kind of collaborate and do a joint session. So I'll go into the OT room and they'll be swinging the kid and we'll be working on speech at the same time. And it's just so cool to see that when they get that sensory input that they need, you know, their body's so much more regulated and they're just so much more ready to learn. And yeah, it's a huge difference.
1: I agree. It's it's amazing to see like especially all the different disciplines just working together and seeing what we can do for these kiddos so yeah that's awesome
0: and then you had a simple ot activity that they can do at home yes so i have not
1: tried this video yet but it sounds like so much fun guys so basically what you need is a box of cheerios a clean space it could be i mean i would probably say a table (laughs) right more so than the floor so a clean space You want to put the Cheerios into a plastic bag or whatever you really have. And you could even have the kids, you know, use their hands around the bag and like squeeze and break up the Cheerios. Cause we're making the Cheerios into sand, quote unquote, for them to play with and, you know, write letters. We can use this for them to make their letters or make their numbers, whatever it is that we're trying to focus on. Such a fun activity, so simple, not very expensive. But, you know, they're still getting that input of their hands and, like, strengthening of their hands by squeezing the Cheerios in the bag and making it into the sand, which who doesn't want to play in sand? Like, that just sounds like so much fun. (laughs) So, yeah, it could be, like, a little messy, but, you know, it could be fun for the kiddo, and it could be a good way to learn your letters or your numbers or whatever it is you're trying Mm -hmm. to work on.
0: Nice. And then with that, they use, do they use their fingers to kind of write the letters and numbers in the sand? Yes, I would definitely have them use their fingers to do
1: so. And now if maybe if the child um, has an issue with certain, with the way certain things feel, you could kind of ease them into it, or you could do it with them, like show them, or you can give them assistance, like hand over hand assistance to help them get used to the way that feels. Because I know some of kiddos don't like different textures. So Mm -hmm. at first they might not be interested, but a lot of kids I've noticed like Cheerios. So that might be something good, something easy and pretty plain that they could do.
0: Nice. I love that activity. Cool. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's nice to know that um, those tips that you gave for sensory, so the deep pressure, swinging, and then you said when you're swinging them to swing in a linear motion, right?
1: Yes, linear. Just Watch out for spinning. Spinning can be okay, but we don't want them to spin in one direction and then get straight up. You want it regulated. So if they do spin, have them spin both ways.
0: <laughs> Got it. Okay, nice. Um, and then the attention, so the timers, the visual timer, and then the counting, and then the activity that they can do at home. Those are all so wonderful. And I feel like those are all things that parents can easily do at home with their kids, which is really nice. So thank you again for coming on and sharing that with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So that was Sydney. She's an occupational therapist, and she works mainly with the early intervention population right now. I hope you guys are able to try those tips with your kids at home. I know I'll be trying those tips in my therapy sessions as well. The Cheerios activity sounds super fun and also really simple. So if you guys try these out, I hope your kids enjoy it. If you are enjoying this podcast, please feel free to leave a rating or a review And I will also leave Sydney's information down if you guys click on the description of this podcast. Thank you again for listening to Speech at Home. Listen in again next week for another episode.